Please support Unfound's content at Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube. Carl Pope was a 49-year-old from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He was the father of two and worked a series of construction jobs. Around September 28, 2021, Carl went out of contact with his family, although there is a belief Carl was headed to a local casino. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. can't go to any news website today without finding a topic about homelessness in the United States. Many people claim to have answers to the issue, while there are others who don't think people living on the streets is a problem at all. But our concern here at Unfound regarding people who don't live in buildings is only why do these people go missing and how to find them. And that's where this gets interesting. Certainly, these types of people are more likely to go missing than people with less transient lifestyles, certainly. However, and here is the paradox, homeless people, at least according to Unfound's stats, are more likely to be found alive than people with more conventional lives. Look at the three men who have been found alive who Unfound has covered. Brandon Roberts, Patrick Reed, and Alan Glasgow, all homeless. Although for Alan, he kind of moved from home to home, mooching off people. But to me, this is interesting. Well, with Carl Pope, he lived on the streets, and he even had violent tendencies. But I don't think we can ever count these kinds of people out. They need to know, like Motel 6... The light is always on. And now a summary of the case. This disappearance is on NamUs, but it is not on the Charlie Project. Carl Pope was the second child of four. Although they had a father, the children were all essentially raised by their mother alone. Carl eventually had two sons. However, he did not have much of a role in their lives. Throughout his adult life, Carl struggled with addiction and mental health issues. He found some relief in his 30s, but eventually the problems came back and stuck with Carl until he disappeared. For money, Carl eventually relied on a disability check from the government. The only consistency Carl had in his life was seeing his sister Penny every few days at her place. Otherwise, he was homeless. So, in late September 2021, Penny noted Carl had not been by her home. Furthermore, she could not find anyone who had seen him. Eventually, the manager of a storage company came forward to say he saw Carl on September 27th and had given him a ride to the bank, then a motel. In addition, in that same time frame, Carl's brother Robert said that Carl called him, and in that conversation, Carl said he was going to a local casino. He was never seen again. From the outset, Carl's transient lifestyle 
has complicated the investigation, and that continues to this day. As the homeless population continues to grow in the urban areas of the United States, we can expect disappearances like Carl's to become more common. Contemplate what we can do to get a better handle on this type of case as you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, do you believe somebody saw Carl's debit card at a house after he disappeared? Number two, why didn't Carl pay the storage unit guy after the man drove Carl to the bank? And number three, should not the woman whose phone Carl used to make the call about going to the casino know what happened to Carl? Carl's family realizes anything is possible regarding his disappearance given his lifestyle. The guests for this episode are his sister Deborah Smith and his mother Patricia Reeves. Unfound News In what has to be one of the most surprising developments in Unfound's history, through the work of Detective Adam Turner, the disappearance of Mary Jane Van Gilder has been resolved. You can view the entire press conference on Mysterious West Virginia's YouTube channel. Next, please watch this podcast feed for the upcoming presentations of my interviews with my assistants Carrie, Emily, Eric, and Cherie. You will get to know a lot about them and what goes on behind the scenes at Unfound. Finally, I hope all of you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. For me, and for about the 21st year in a row, that day is known only as February 14th, and I'm totally cool with it. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Carl Pope, Patricia, and his sister, Deborah. Patricia and Deborah, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, I'm so excited to both have uh, Carl's mother and sister. Uh, we were talking about before we started that they live together. It's a fantastic situation, both of them taking care uh, of each other, and we had a, a good chuckle about that. So let's just start here. Uh, maybe we'll start with Patricia. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, your family. Of course, Carl is your son, but how many kids do you have, and how would you explain uh, raising your kids whenever that was? Well, I had four children all together, and Deborah is the the oldest. He, she's uh, the oldest, and then Carl was next, and then mm. I have Penny, and then Robert. Okay. I have two girls and two boys. Wow. Okay. Uh, bringing, bringing them up was kind of hard. Uh, their dad never was a, a good supporter. I had mm. to pretty well bring them up wow. on my own. Wow. Yeah, so you were, uh, even though you you had a husband, you were essentially kind of like a single mother? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And we finally, we finally got a divorce after after a while. Uh-huh. Uh, he just wouldn't, he would not provide even after the court told him he had to pay child support. Wow. He denied it. He, he, just, he wouldn't pay. Just wouldn't do it. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Patricia. Uh, makes it very difficult, especially, uh, you know, four children, of course. 
Uh, maybe with one, but with four, that's uh, uh, a lot of uh, kids to, uh, I guess, corral. Right, right. And I worked. I, I worked at convenience stores. That's about the only thing I've really ever done. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, like I said, I brought them up the best I could. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, Patricia. Good job. Good job. And what is the uh, age uh, from young? You know, we have to go through every ages, but of course, Deborah being the oldest, Robert the youngest, how much of an age difference is between youngest and oldest? Well, there's about two years difference in each one of them. All right. So, so about that would be good. Yeah. Eight, about eight years, or six years, I guess, technically. Six to eight years difference between them. Right. Okay. And you went girl, boy, girl, boy. That, that's fun. That's interesting how you did that, Patricia. Girl, boy, girl, boy. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Ixlise Penny uh, a little bit later, uh, you know, and her role and knowing Carl the way she did. We'll talk about her in a little bit. But now to Deborah, uh, what do you remember uh, growing up with Carl, b being his older sister? You know, going back maybe back to your teen years. What do you remember about interaction with him? You two get along, and or maybe you just want to talk about the kids as a whole. How did everybody get along? Well, I mean, as being kids, brothers and sisters, we had our differences, and, you know, mm -hmm. we we loved each other one minute and fought the next. <laughs> yes. Okay. I guess that's pretty typical. I was raised as an only child, so I wouldn't know about that, but I've heard about such things. Okay, so it was Carl was right below you, then Penny, then Robert, and uh, all of you, uh, maybe I'll ask, uh, of course, Deborah again, all of you kind of like the same personalities, all very different. How do you look, when you look back on that now, how would you explain that? Totally different. Totally. We all had our own, own personality. Okay. Okay. And where, where would you say that Carl fell in that personality category? The most outgoing, the shyest, somewhere in between, what would you say? Compared to you and maybe outgoing. the other. Outgoing. Yes. Okay. okay. He, he had his mindset and he pretty much done what he wanted to do. Okay. Now, as far as your relationship with your other three siblings, would you say that uh, Carl was the closest to you or was he closest to Penny or Robert? Like the guys stick with the guys and the girls stick with the girls or, or what? Or was it kind of mixed? I think it was kind of mixed. I mean, we like I said, we, we had our picks and choose at one moment or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ups and downs. Okay, very good. Let's move on now to <clears throat> just speaking. Uh, of course, this is the reason we're here, unfortunately, because of Carl's disappearance. I'll go back to Patricia. You know, just uh, talk a little bit about your son, Carl. Uh, maybe once again, going back to, you know, early on, teen years into his 20s. Talking a little bit about his, what do you remember about him? Personalities, maybe some memories of Carl going back uh, before he became a grown man. Some of the things that come to you, Patricia. Well, he was always outgoing. He liked hunting and fishing. Uh, mm -hmm. But with a father that really didn't have much time for him, you know, he, he pretty well took it up on himself to do <coughs> what he wanted to do. Yeah. But he, he was a good boy, teenagers. I mean, they got, did get in a little odd and in trouble, but nothing serious. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about, uh, you know, friends? Do you have a lot of friends? Or is he more of a loner? A lot of kids coming over to your house and hanging out or him going over there? What do you remember? 
What about uh, some, maybe some jobs that he had? Uh, what was it? Do you remember maybe what his first job was? Uh, you know, maybe my, people might be surprised. My first job ever was uh, a, a organist at a Catholic church, of all things. Uh, what about Carl? What were some of the, maybe his first jobs that he had, maybe in high school or after that? Well, he never really went to, to school. Oh, he did I mean, he dropped out at 16. <coughs> oh, he, he did. back. Okay. But he... he he helped farm. Mm -hmm. He would help on, on farms. But he really liked laying carpet. Oh, carpet he did. work. He huh. loved it. That's that. I my opinion is that's pretty rare. Carpet uh, laying carpet can be really tough, and it, it's interesting to me that he was into that. Huh? Yes, he loved that. He really loved it. Okay, so he was working for uh, somebody who did that, like they were like a crew going house to house or yeah. offices and things? Yes, he worked for a couple companies like that. Okay, all right, so he was kind of like self-taught then doing that. Yes. Okay, all right, Was and how long, um, you know, being that you, like you said, you essentially raised your children by yourself, uh, did he continue to live with you like uh, when he was started working? Did he get his own place or what did he do into his 20s? <coughs> well, he he pretty well got it, got it his own place, mm -hmm. and he would you know get on hard times, and he would come back, mm -hmm. and he'd get another job, do good, and he'd move out again, just in and out. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now I'll go to get uh, Patricia or uh, Deborah back in on this. What do you remember about that time? Uh, Deborah, maybe you being the oldest, maybe you had moved out. I don't know, you know, any of your personal life, none of my business. But what do you remember about Carl in those years, uh, late teens into his 20s? What do you remember? Well, I got married really young. I got married when I was 16. So mm -hmm. I wasn't really around much around that time. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I remember him working a lot. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a lot of interaction with, of course, getting married, maybe having kids or whatever? Uh, how much interaction did you have with Carl back at that time? Um, not very much. I mean, the husband I had was kind of, we, we kind of lived a separate life than they did. I yeah, mean, of course. He was very controlling. Oh. Okay. All right. Were you still living uh, like in the in the Pine Bluff area, or did you move? Did you were you close to Carl? Just you know, for having any interaction with him or not? Both. I mean, we moved quite a bit, and yeah. some was in town and some was out of town. Okay. All right. We're just trying to get a feel for uh, Carl's life at the time. Of course, we have to remember this. You know, at least in the terms of what we do here at Unfound, his disappearance is. Fairly, fairly new. We also have to remember that he was in his late 40s when he went missing. So, um, you know, we just try to get a really good handle, really try to understand the missing person and what, you know, all the things that that person was doing with his or her life. Uh, we, we really try to get to know the people here who are missing. We just don't cover circumstances because getting right. to know the people is very, very important. So um, you're not having a lot of interaction with them. Maybe I'll, I'll continue with you, Deborah. Of course, it sounds to me in our prior conversation that maybe your sister Penny was, uh, you know, closer to or seeing more of him. Is that how you remember it? Yes, 
Yes. Okay. They just had more in common, or she was just in the area? What would you say? She was uh, more in the area than anybody. Okay. All right. And what about your uh, youngest uh, brother, Robert? Still in the area? Did he and Carl, the way you remember it, hang out a lot when, of course, Carl wasn't at work? Just the way you remember it. And I'll ask the same thing of Patricia, too. But what do you remember? Um, they hung out a lot. I mean, like I said, they went fishing and hunting and went to the mall a lot and mm -hmm. just pretty much hung out. Okay. Going back to uh, Patricia, what about any women in Carl's life? Uh, did he ever get married? Did he have any girlfriends? Did he have any children? What, what can you say about that, Patricia? He did have girlfriends. He's had several. Uh, he has two sons that neither one has anything to do with him or had anything to do with him. Oh. Uh, he just, he was like, I guess sort of like his dad, he never supported his children. Any insight? I, I realize your mother, and it's probably not something that you know you probably have talked about too much. But if I can ask any any insight into that, why that was any insight? Could have maybe could have could have been the women who were the mothers. Were they kind of uh, I don't know, just kept the, the these children away from uh, Carl or what? Any insight there? Yes, they they did keep them away from him because. Like I said, he he started doing drugs. He started drinking a lot, which I can understand. The mothers didn't want their children around that. Okay. All right, so he kind of fell into like the same vein of uh, Carl's father. Kind of went down that right. same path. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. So he did have girlfriends, had a couple sons. Um, and just approximately how old are those children now in 2024? Approximately. If either either you know those answers, that's fine. Either one can answer that. They're uh, in their 20s and 30s. All right, so late 20s into 30s. So he had these kids uh, back in his then early 20s is when those these kids right. were born. Okay. Right. And um, I should ask for both of you, being that he has kids, uh, even though he wasn't the greatest father, uh, uh Deborah, did you get to meet your uh, nephews? And Patricia, did you get to see your nephews very often as they grew up? I did at first, but uh, after they got five or six years old, mm -hmm. we never seen them. Okay. Okay. And have you seen them recently? I have seen my, uh, my youngest uh, grandson from him mm -hmm. about... Uh, three months ago. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. That's nice. Okay. Okay. And what about the you? Other one, the other one has moved away and I, I have no idea where. Oh, all right. Gotcha. What about you, Deborah? Any interaction with his uh, children over the years? Well, I've seen him about three months ago, like mom. And I mean, he's, he's on drugs and he oh. has a daughter that he gave up and like I said, he, he's just following <clears throat> in the same footsteps. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. What about continuing? Uh, of course, we you know, he went missing in his uh, 40s. What can you say, you know, is it kind of the same thing? 30s into his 40s, much of the same, much of the same business of, of course, not being a very good father and living on his own. Is that how you would remember it, Patricia? Yes, that's exactly how I remember 
Okay. As his mother, how long, how often were you seeing him? Would he stop over? Would he come live with you for a while? During the, you know, into his 30s and 40s, how often would you see him and talk to him? I would talk to him just about every day. Would you? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, he'd be coming live with me. <coughs> oh, several, several times, and he would stay three, four months, and then if he would get on a uh, a drinking binge or get on drugs, I'd have to tell him to leave. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Because I work I worked all the time and and I couldn't afford to have him bring people in there that <coughs> shouldn't be. No. That's dangerous for you. Who knows how the you know, I, I don't think you know, who knows what those people might do. Right. You know, they may it may you know, still stuff from who knows what? Okay, I totally get that, and I, I know everybody can understand that. So let's move on. So that's the life uh, that he, he was living. Let's now talk a little bit about uh, Penny, though. This is, the, of course, the, uh, the two sisters, the younger sister. She would have uh, interactions with Carl. Did Carl go live with her often, the way you remember it? Either of you, maybe Deborah, is, would Carl go live with her as well? He was in and out. I'm not saying he would live with her, but he mm. would go spend a couple nights and then mm. back on the streets and then maybe spend a night or two and back again. So. Okay. All right. So would you, in your opinion, Deborah, as Carl's uh, sister, would you say that Penny and Carl were closer than you and Carl were, in your opinion? No, I don't think so. Okay. You would say that you were closer to Carl. Yes. Okay. All right. Until I had enough. (laughs) Okay. Until you had enough. Well, let's just put it this way. Maybe getting closer to his disappearance, would you say that Penny was having more interaction with him than you were? Yes. Okay. All right. We just need to set that up for what happens later. Okay. Let's move on to this. Of course, we've already mentioned a little bit that he got into had some addictions and everything. Um... Deborah, any insight into that? Uh, do you remember the first time? Of course, we have to remember this was probably years and years ago. But do you remember the first time he suspected that uh, Carl was getting into some things that he shouldn't? And uh, you know, did you ever talk to him about his addiction? Could he be talked to about his addiction? He could not be talked to. He said it's his life, and he'll do what he wants to do. Okay. What about you, uh, Patricia? Being that he came and lived with you, li- lived with you, uh, you know, did you ever have any talks with him about, you know, his addictions? Of course, you, maybe siblings. I, I, even though I was raised an only child, I do have biological siblings. Long story, but maybe coming from a mother in contrast to a sibling can make more of an impact. Did you ever talk to Carl about his addictions? And did you, could you make any headway with him? Well, I. I had tried, but according to him, he he didn't have the problem. I'm the one that had the problem. Oh. Okay. All right, so he was in complete denial regarding all of this. Right. Okay. And at the time, we uh, of course, the documented age of his disappearance is 49 years old. Uh, but in, in, are you both thinking maybe he had these addictions for easily over 20 years? Going back to his 20s? I'm thinking, uh, it, uh, well, yes. I'm saying yes. Okay, what about you, Deborah? Is that the way you remember it, too? Yes. 
Okay. What were what were if we could say what kind of uh, drugs was uh, he into? Do either of you even know? Anything he could get his hands on. Is that right? Okay. Anything. Okay. Thank you for that. That's that's all we really have to cover regarding that. Let's uh, move on to this. Now, you, you said that he would, uh, Patricia, he would come and live with you. Maybe he went and stayed with Penny, maybe other people. But uh, you told me in a prior conversation many times that he could be homeless as well, right? He, yes, he is, yes, he was homeless. Okay. And there was one particular place that you described. It was uh, an overpass that he would yes, stay. Was, Where was, was that? It was out on 65 uh, in Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we were taking food because we lived in Hot Springs at the time, and when we'd come to Pine Bluff, we'd take him food, take him drinks, make sure he had something to eat and something mm-hmm. to drink. Mm-hmm. And during this time that he was doing this, uh, either of you have any chance, uh, you know, how would you communicate with him? How would he, How would you know that he was going to be there, that, you know, if you were going to bring him things, which I think we all understand, how would you know that he would be there? Would you make arrangements? Could you call him? Did he have a phone? What was it? He had a phone until he tore it up. <laughs> okay. But uh, usually we would just go by there mm-hmm. and... And stop, and he'd either come out or he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then we would go get the stuff and bring to him. Okay. So you'd bring him like food and drinks, maybe maybe some socks and things like that as well, or just just food. Hey, we just wanted food. Just wanted food. Okay. All right. So he was li- homeless, and maybe sometimes. And I, I'd been told. I, I think that. He would go to Penny's once in a while to get a shower. Is that right, Deborah? Is that what you understand? Yes. He would go. He would then once in a while when he needed a shower, Penny would open up her place and he could go get the, there and get a shower and get cleaned up. Yes. Okay. All right. So guy into his 40s, uh, struggling with addiction, um, as you've already said, uh, you know, in, in denial regarding his addiction, he's going to do what he's going to do. It sounds like... All of you were ready to help him, but of course we know these people, um, they can really only help themselves, and it does seem once in a while when he needed help, you would give it food, giving him a place to get a shower, get cleaned up, you're doing the best you could for him. Now what was interesting to me is that in our prior conversation, he had gone missing um, before in his 30s, although I'm not, you know, we're using missing maybe a little bit loosely. But maybe, Patricia, you want to talk about that, that he actually went missing for a couple years in his 30s. What do you remember about that? Yeah, he, came, he went missing. Uh, just all at once, we couldn't, we couldn't find him. We called the number that he had. He had been disconnected. and So we, we really didn't know. He wasn't on drugs at the time, so we, we knew he would be okay. But we kept trying to find him. And then all at once he just came back. And oh. we asked him where he'd been, and he had been uh, working out of state with some uh, some people that was laying asphalt. And he was gone, he was out of communication with his entire family uh, for a couple years. Yes, he was. He wow. Was. Did, you ever, did he ever say where he was? Was he still in Arkansas? Did he go to Texas? Do we even know where he was during this time? 
All right, and in your opinion, when he did he give any reason that uh, he didn't keep in contact, didn't let you know where he was? Uh, any any explanation at all? No, no, no explanation. No, okay, I, I have to ask: uh, Did anybody file a missing persons report uh, for him at that time when this happened? No. No. Okay. Any particular reason? Did you just kind of suspect that? He was like working out of state, but you couldn't prove that. Any any insight into that at all, Patricia? The way you remember it. Well, we figured he was okay because, like I said, he wasn't on drugs. He wasn't mm -hmm. a heavy drinker, at, you know, anymore. He was trying to get his life together. Okay. All right. And the way you remember it, when he came back, how did he? How did he look after those couple years of asphalt laying or paving, whatever he was doing? How did he look? How did he look? Pretty good. He looked great. He looked great. He, I say he'd been working outside. He got a tan. He, he'd been mm -hmm. eating right, and he gained a little weight. He, he really looked good. Mm -hmm. All right. So we so we have, we know that he's we're still missing. We're doing this uh, interview on February fifth of twenty twenty four. He went missing in in twenty twenty one, but we do have at least on the record that at one point he seemingly left the state. And was working, uh, came back, doesn't seem like he was uh, doing anything uh, bad during that time. Seems like he was working, came back looking good, looking fit. Uh, maybe at that point his addictions were in the background. So we all, we just have to remember uh, that regarding uh, this disappearance. And, and the way you remember it, once again, uh, Patricia, being, did he kind of fall back into his old ways, like not long after that, or, or what? What do you remember after he came back? After he came back, he, he found him a girlfriend. They, he, he got him a real good job. They bought a vehicle. They bought a boat. They bought him a, a double-wide trailer. They were doing good. And then just all at once, he started missing work. We went over to see him. At his, at his house that he had bought a double wide trailer, there was holes in the walls, in the door, and we knew something was going on. Of course, of course. What did the uh, woman have to say about that when you discovered that? What did she have to say about that? She just said they got mad at each other and was going to fight. Okay. What do you think that she had? We're not. Uh, do you think that she had addictions as well? Do you think that she did? She did. she did. All right, so that's maybe what was going on. They kind of fell back into that both of them and kind of um, uh, enabling each other to continue with their addictions, unfortunately. So tried to go straight, didn't work out. We know that happens uh, quite often, all right? Let's move on to this. Uh, go back to Deborah. Regarding any money uh, that he would have been getting, I think this is going to play a role later. Um, but regarding money and, um, doesn't sound like he had a job near the time of his disappearance. What was, uh, Carl doing for money, Deborah, as best as you can tell? Uh, he got disability. Okay. He was getting that. And do you, and, uh, do you know how much it was? At the time, I think it was like 900 and something dollars a month. A month. Okay. And that was like something, was that an automatic deposit? To an account somewhere? Yes, it was put on a net spend card. Okay. 
and he had this card and he could just use it whenever he wanted. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So that's uh, how you would get this money. And, but of course you were still, you know, guess bringing him food and everything, but I'm going to guess, given that he had addiction, I'm going to guess maybe some of this money was going toward his addiction as well. And this is just kind of like, uh, maybe these people aren't under, maybe familiar with this. Is this some kind of like ATM card so he could go to like a 7-Eleven or whatever and just use it like a regular ATM card? Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to just a few questions before uh, we get into his disappearance. But, you know, I, I guess the circumstances of a disappearance are still maybe a bit vague, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, for either of you, I'll go back to Patricia. How often were you seeing Carl uh, maybe in the, 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 the couple months before he went missing? How often were you seeing him or talking to him, Patricia? The last few months, I didn't. Uh, like I say, we were in... We lived in Hot Springs, and he was in Pine Bluff. Mm -hmm. All right, so not not seeing him at all, but were you talking to him at all? Uh, every once in a while, maybe once or twice a week. Okay. He would be at, he would be at uh, Penny's house, and she would call me, mm. telling me that he was there, and she wanted me to make him leave because he wanted he was trying to be boss of her house. Ah. Okay. Yeah, well, I can understand why she might want him gone then. Okay, he was trying to be boss. He's moving in there, getting a shower and everything, and then he kind of wants to take over the place. Okay, I got you. Yep. Okay. Um, in your opinion, being that you were just, uh, and I'm going to ask uh, Deborah these questions too. Um, in your opinion, Patricia, was Carl about the same? Was he getting worse regarding his addiction and everything? Getting any better? What, you're, the way you remember it. He was getting worse. Was he? He was getting a, he was getting a lot worse because he started attacking people. Uh, he even tried to attack me one time. Oh my! When did that? If I if just maybe if you can remember a gen, uh, you know a general year was that near his disappearance time? <coughs> disappearance time or was that like ten years before? When was that? It's probably about six months before he disappeared. Oh really? Well, if yeah, I could, uh, friend, please. A friend of mine was there. Okay. And if he hadn't been there, uh, Carl would really hurt me because when when my friend stood up to tell tell Carl that he wasn't going to hurt me, then he attacked my friend and blacked his eye, rassled him to the floor, and then I called the police, and the police had to come and tell him to leave. Oh my. Okay. All right. So that was about six months before uh, he went missing. All right. So so he was getting to the point where he was being violent with people, even his own mother. Right. Okay. Deborah, uh, the way you remember it, very similar to what Patricia just said. Yes. Okay. How about you? How often uh, were you seeing him, or maybe the last time that you talked to him before he went missing? What do you remember about that, Deborah? Um, the last time I talked to him was in August of that year, and he had taken some money out of my car and that he was supposed to pay it back when he got paid. And when he got paid, he said that he owed the dope man all of his check. So I just told him I was done and to lose my number. Okay. 
So you didn't talk to him or see him anytime near his disappearance time. That was the that was the last conversation you had with him. Yes. All right. And so, and when you say he took money out of your car, are you saying that he stole it? He, he was not entitled yes. to it. Okay. Okay. All right. So he's being violent. He's stealing from his own family. Okay. So it sounds like he was in a really uh, bad situation. Uh, moving on to this, uh, any comments that he ever made about people being after him, anybody that wanted to hurt him, did he talk about leaving town, anything like that come up? Uh, Deborah, I'll ask you, anything that you remember about any of that? Um, he had, is it schizophrenic? So he always thought somebody was after him. Oh, yeah. So you really could not tell if it was real or if it was the... His imagination. Right. Good point. Good point. I, I guess what I'm also asking is, did he, when he was talking about this, did he ever use any names? John Smith is after me. Jane Doe, or was it just yeah. very vague, like, somebody's after me, they're trying to hurt me, you know, using a lot, I guess what we'd say, using a lot of pronouns. Using a lot of pronouns. No, no pronouns. No actual names no. of uh, anybody. Is that the way you remember it as well, Patricia? It is. It is. Uh, he would also say that they were demons after him. They was coming up out of the floor trying to get him. Oh, my. Okay. All right. So some serious things going on here. Okay. Let's move on to this. Uh, so now we're going to move up uh, to his disappearance. And just going by Namus once again, and this is not new to the podcast, is when we have people living lives like if they're homeless, going in and out of people's lives. Of course, uh, mental health issues is not a new topic either. Sometimes hard to nail down uh, a particular date as the, the the last time people saw him, and of course, maybe people saw him might you know might not be able to be trusted. A lot of um, uh, issues that we have to calculate here. But of course, on on the Namus site, it just says that it's September twenty seventh of twenty twenty one, so approximately two and a half years ago. Uh, where does where does that date come from, Deborah? Why is it that date and not some other date? What what is the significance of that date that that's on the official paperwork? Uh, I think that was the last time that Penny had seen him. Okay, so that's coming from Penny. And what was it that got Penny's attention that you know caused her to maybe? Um, you know, I have it even here in the outline that we're following. You know, what was it? Did, did, for This is just an example. If it's something different, please say. Did he say that he was going to be coming over to her house to get a shower and he didn't show up? Or or what was it, if you can explain that, Deborah? What was it that really got Penny's attention? I think he just did not show up for a few days. Okay. And so everybody started looking for him. Okay. All right, so, and, and you're, once again, I understand neither of you were at Penny's, but just your best guess, how often would Carl show up at Penny's? Twice a week, three times a week, once a week? What do you think it was? Three to four times a week. Pretty, pretty often. Pretty often. Pretty often, even though I live near my uh, brother Brian uh, here in Florida, about 20 minutes away, I usually only see him about once a week. Whereas Carl was seeing Penny three or four times a week, okay? And, and we already talked about how Penny thought, you know, sometimes maybe he was trying to take her place over. So 
He, she doesn't see him. Maybe she's expecting him. He doesn't come over a couple days, lets it go, and then it gets to the point where something doesn't seem right. Um, what does your family do then at, at that time? You know, she says, of course, given that he's homeless and transient, it's hard to tell if it's serious or not. What did all of you do? Patricia, Deborah, Penny, anybody else? We haven't talked about Robert as well. What did all of you do to try to you know, track him down immediately at that point. Would you try to we do kept going back. We kept going back to the overpass that he was living under. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though I lived in, in Hot Springs, uh, Deborah and I would go twice a week sometimes to back to Pine Bluff just to look for him. Okay. Asking people, asking people that we knew that knew him if they had seen him. Mm-hmm. And then, excuse me. It's fine. Uh, there was uh, he had stuff in storage in one of the storage units there, mm-hmm. and the, the guy that ran the storage building called me and asked me if I had seen him. He hadn't paid his his storage fee. Huh. And mm-hmm. uh, we got to talking the guy that runs the storage <coughs> building. And I started talking, and he told me he had seen Carl on the 27th or 28th, that he had given given him a ride to the bank to get the money out, that he had some stuff to do, and that he he told, Carl told uh, Buddy, the guy that runs the storage Mm -hmm. unit, Mm -hmm. that he had some stuff he had to do, and that he would be there the next day to pay for his storage. Okay. But he never saw him. But he never saw him anymore after that. Okay. Is it then your opinion then that that's where that date comes from? That twenty seventh or twenty eighth of September. That's yes. where the date from this storage guy. Yes. Okay. And we're going to come back to that. Thank you for setting that up. So that was uh, one of the things. Uh, would you say that that ha- very happened very early on after Carl went missing? That this guy kind of came forward. Yes. All right. He because came- you know he. He, he he doesn't own the storage building. He just he's there to you know Manager. to help run it, and Manager. and they got to count for their money. So he sure. was asking me. So yeah, it it was that, about that time. Okay, very good. Um, all right. So when you are uh, going back to when you were going to these places, when you say that you're talking to people who knew Carl, are these um people also who are transient are they also people who are homeless are they also people who may have addictions and things or or what what would you say the the kind of people that you were talking to trying to track Carl down some of them were homeless I don't know if they were on drugs or anything but mm-hmm. some of them were homeless and they said no they hadn't they hadn't seen, seen him in a few days okay so did uh, did they seem concerned about that themselves or your perception? In, yes, in a way, because like I said, you know, he usually hung out around homeless people, mm-hmm. and when they don't see him, they and then we're out looking for him, they kind of got concerned, and then they were asking people. Okay. All right, and, and I guess what you're also saying here is none of them were very helpful. I guess what we're also saying is given we have now the story, we're going to come back to the story about the storage, but... Story. We're going to come back to the storage story here in a bit. But as far as you can tell, in all the work that you did, you never found anybody who saw or interacted with Carl after this storage story and Buddy and everything. 
No. Okay. Nobody, nobody saw him or okay. heard from him. Okay. Let's move on to this, uh, Deborah. Uh, you, I think we also talked about you had a, your brother Robert who actually got on on an ATV and was riding around what was it the overpass area and elsewhere. He was using an ATV to kind of get back into the places maybe people can't walk. Is that true? He was riding around. Oh, that was me. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, he came. Uh, my 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 son Robert mm -hmm. came came from Fort Eyes and brought his four wheeler, and we went in the wooded. He went into the wooded areas around the the mm -hmm. bypass that Carl mm -hmm. was staying at. He came out there a couple of days. Look in different directions. Mm -hmm. We didn't find anything. Okay. Anything? We're going to talk about this card that we've already talked about uh, here in a, in a minute. Um, but anything in any of these searches? Anything found of Carl's in, in driving around, going to this overpass? Anything? The only thing that was found was a little bit of his clothes, which he usually throw them out in the street when he get messed up. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to, so some searches were done. Kind of hard to tell where to look, but okay. Um, the police, who filed the report, who gave them the information, what person uh, in your family did that, Deborah? I'm my sister, Penny. Now your sister, Penny, being that maybe that makes the most sense, uh, being that she's the one that first recognized uh, that something wasn't right. Um, how would you say the police reacted to that? Does it seem like they did a lot? Did they go down to the overpass as well? Did they talk to those same people that all of you talked to? What do you remember about that time? Uh, they did go to the overpass and they did go to a couple people that names were given, but they would not open the door. Huh. Who is this again, please? The police, yes. Yes. The police went and somebody wouldn't open the door. Who would you say wouldn't open the door? One of the people that that was named, that was given to me, the first name is Megan. Megan. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And, but, and you, would you, in your opinion, the way you both understand it, would you say that Megan was not very helpful? Not at all. Uh, now, she did say she was over at a friend's house. And Carl's uh, bank card was found. Right. She saw it there at that house. Right. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna come, we're gonna come back to that. So, but what we're saying is, the police were talking to people who knew Carl, and there was somebody who didn't seemingly the way. Of course, you weren't there. Maybe seemingly was hesitant to talk about Carl and his disappearance. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll, we're gonna come back to that card story for sure. Now, as far as the storage unit, we're going to come back to what that guy Buddy had to say. But did, uh, during trying to search for Carl, did you two or one of you go over to that storage unit? Did you know that Carl had the storage unit and what was in it? Yeah, we knew that he had it. He'd had it for several <coughs> months. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and what was in it? Uh, did they open it for you or, or what? We did open it. They was just his what he called his stuff to me was nothing but junk. <laughs> but that was his stuff. Right. Okay. 
So you had his stuff, and I guess what you're saying is after he went missing, you went over there, looked in, that there was nothing really there that led anybody in any particular direction to look for Carl. Nothing, nothing like that. No, police didn't go to storage. Police didn't go to the storage unit. Okay. No. What about, what about you two or your family when you went over there and checked inside it? Anything that you saw that might have been helpful in trying to investigate his disappearance? Anything at all, but you no. just junk, like you said. It's just stuff, yeah. Okay. Nothing, nothing of value. Okay. And how big would you say the storage unit was? <coughs> how big was it in, in feet? Something like a five by eight. Not very big then. Just No. But maybe one of the smaller units that you could rent. Right. Okay. All right. And so he had this storage unit, had it for a while, was keeping uh, junk in there. I don't think maybe we're too surprised by that. Um, oftentimes when people maybe develop mental illness and things, they can maybe start collecting things and, uh, hoard things. That's not unusual, uh, at all. Uh, what, uh, what happened to all of that stuff? Eventually, what happened to all of that stuff in that storage unit? Well, his brother kept, kept the storage paid up for over a year on it. Did thinking it? that Carl okay. would come back. Okay. But, uh, after a while, uh... He gave it up, just went in there and cleared it out, just throwed everything yeah. away. There was nothing there of value. Okay, throwed everything away. All right. <coughs> Let's move on to this. <coughs> and we're going to talk back, uh, of course, uh, about Carl's phone. We will start here. Um, any records ever gotten regarding this phone that he had? Uh, any pings being able to be done on it? Any, Deborah, what do you know about this regarding any phone records? Were the police able to get any records from it? Did they, sir, like a subpoena or something? What did they do there? They didn't do anything. Nothing regarding the phone? That I know of. Okay. All right, so to your knowledge that you don't know if they were able to get any records or anything like that? They don't have no. None. Okay, so that is a, a big zero. I guess the good part is that being this disappearance is two and a half years old, I would say it would still be possible to get those records uh, somehow. You know, of course, depending on what kind of phone he had and everything, it might still be possible. You might have to talk. Maybe the police have done it and they just haven't told you, which is possible. Um, you might want to ask them about that. Uh, just to see who he's talking to, who he's texting uh, before he went missing. And, you know, maybe if we were to find out, for example, that somebody else was using his phone, that would certainly be noteworthy. I covered a disappearance in Portland, Oregon, where that exact thing happened. So something to keep in mind. So the phone records, not helpful at all. And maybe they haven't even been looked at yet. Moving on, going back to this, this debit card story. Let's go through that again. Uh, Patricia, what is this debit card story? Uh, of course, we already talked about how he would get this uh, $900 some dollars a month. It would go onto this card. He could use it. But then the story comes up that somebody allegedly saw, saw Carl's story or uh, Carl's card at somebody's place. How did that all come up? Did this come from a friend of Penny's? Or what was that, Patricia? It was a friend of Penny's, yes. It was. Uh, she, knew, she knew Carl. 
she knew Penny, and then when she found out Carl was missing, she told Penny, when I saw his car, it's her house. Mm-hmm. And Penny told the police, but like you said, the police hadn't told us anything. Okay, so it very well could be the police went down and inquired about that, and uh, maybe something came of it, maybe nothing came of it, you have no idea either way. Right. Okay. So we have Penny, and this is a friend of Penny's who told her this? Yes. All right. And so, but to your knowledge, this, this card has not been recovered? No, okay. it has not been recovered. All right. The way either of you, maybe Deborah, you want to get back in on this, uh, either of you, this place that um, where this card was allegedly seen, is this a place that Carl would have been? That he would have gone to hang out or anything like that, uh, Deborah. What does it seem like to you? That I do not know. Don't know. Okay. And uh, what about you, Patricia? Do you have any insight into that at all? I I don't think he would be there. I don't know. We yeah. don't know. You know any of his so-called friends or his mm-hmm. his. I don't know what you call them. Mm-hmm. The people that a, supply, a, 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 yeah, acquaintances or something. Yeah, acquaintances, right? Yeah, hard to know uh, what to make of something like that. Um, but maybe I should ask both of you this. Of course, we know that transient would go to Penny's, would stay at this overpass, etc. How far is this location from like? the overpass area where you would bring him food once in a while. How far away? From Penny's house, probably, uh, not, not maybe, not even a quarter mile. Wow, very close. Yes. So when he would be at this overpass, he's right down the street from his sister's. Yes. And this location where this card was allegedly seen, also in kind of that same area. I would say a mile and a half. All right, so a little farther away, but still not very far. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, so not sure did he show up there and something happened. I don't like to theorize in these uh, interviews, but this is a um, this is something that really sticks out. He is missing, and it certainly would be noteworthy if his card was there and he wasn't. So, but but I got asked. We'll move on to this, being that this card could access his finances. Did anybody, for example, in 2022 or 2023, check Carl's finances to see was the money, uh, this um, disability money, still getting deposited? Is it is in that account now. What can you say about that account now here in 2024? Uh, either of you. Well, I think in 2023, the early part, his brother checked into it and there was money on it. But I don't think he's checked any more since then. Okay. All right, so I guess, all right, so he checked in some, and once again, to remind everybody that the accepted disappearance date as of now, although there may certainly be some leeway here, September 27th of 2021, so then in early 2023, uh, Brother Robert somehow checks uh, the finances, and, and so like almost a year and a half later, there's still money in the account, so it sounds like... Somebody wasn't ripping Carl off and completely draining the account. But um, I'm hoping you have plans here in 2024 to check it again, just to see. You know, just if to he s- can, if he can, he will. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think that's. Uh, I think you got to do that. But for both of you, um, 
is it your understanding then that even though he's considered to be missing, is that $900 still being put into the account? That I don't know. Any, any, that I don't know. any, uh, Deborah, you, you have any idea regarding that? No, I don't. No idea about that. So it's very possible that this money is still being deposited. Of course, he's not been declared deceased, so, uh, you know, it's certainly possible that the money, if somebody hasn't told them to stop doing that, they just, you know, just the computer doing that. Uh, so very well, baby, $900 a month. Uh, we got, you know, that's two and a half years of $900 a month. There should be a considerable amount of money in there. Yes. Right? I mean, that's nine times 12. It's going to be roughly uh, like $10,000 or something like that. There should be like $20,000 in that account, considering it's been two years. Yes. Right. So uh, just something to think about when you check that. Of course, if you look in there and there's only $5 left, then certainly somebody has been ripping that account off. And it might lead right. to uh, maybe somebody who caused uh, Carl's disappearance. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I think it's very important you got to check that out. All right. Moving back to uh, this guy, Buddy, who is the storage unit guy. I got the impression that, uh, Patricia, that you had known Buddy, like, before this. Did you know Buddy just I from li- being around or what? Yes, I know Buddy for years. He used to sell uh, life insurance, and I bought a policy from him. Oh, okay. So would you say that you've known him maybe for 10 years or 20 years or, or what? Yeah, 25, 20, wow. 25 years, yes. Pretty long, okay. And is that how... Um, is that how Carl ended up getting a storage unit at that place because you knew him or was that just a coincidence? Just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Okay. So let's go through that story again. Of course, see, we're kind of going off, buddy, given this date of September 27th or into the 28th. What is, uh, just, let's just go through that again. What is buddy's story? So Carl shows up at the storage unit on that day and what does buddy say happened? No, he didn't show up at the storage unit. Buddy was oh. going to town oh, okay. and saw Carl walking and picked him up. Okay. And asked him, you know, did he need a ride? And Carl said yes. And and Buddy took him to the bank to get some money and then took him to a motel. And he told Carl told Buddy that he would come back the next day and pay for the storage unit. And he never he never went back. Never went back. And as far as we can tell, Carl was never seen again. Right. Okay. What what uh, what motel in town is this? Which one is it? Do you know? All I know is it's in Dollaway. Economy. Economy Inn, I think it was. Okay. Or Classic Inn. Okay, and did either of you uh, ever know Carl to be at that motel? Had he ever talked about going to that motel, staying at that motel? Yeah, he'd been there several times. He had. Okay. So I guess what we're also saying, though, and this is, uh, I just want to make very clear on this, is that Buddy sees Carl walking, picks him up, brings him to the uh, bank, and 
Carl takes money out, but he owes Buddy money, but he doesn't pay Buddy back right at that point. Right. Okay. All right. And then when Carl is supposed to pay Buddy back the next day, Carl goes missing. All right. Yeah. Um, how, how long did it take? When did Buddy come forward with this story? Um, you know, when did he find out that, that Carl was missing? Did he, like, the beginning of October, or how, when was it? Do you remember? Do you remember when he came forward with this story? No, I, I don't know, I don't remember. Okay, even like a couple weeks later, month later? I don't know. Deborah, every like I don't, because I didn't deal with that part. Okay. All right. So he uh, is just going, uh, Buddy's going about his life and maybe gets it through the grapevine. Maybe there's something on the news or something. And he says, oh my, Carl's missing. Well, I just saw him like on the 27th. I gave him a ride to this motel. <coughs> and uh, don't, uh, you know, so he had to come forward. Okay. Since then, have you talked to, either of you talked to Buddy, um... Since uh, he came forward with this story, did the police talk to him, too? Yes, yes. Police went over there and talked to Buddy, yes. Okay. All right. Because I asked Buddy, and Buddy said he'd be more glad to tell him what, what he mm. knows. Okay, great. When was the last time you spoke to Buddy uh, about this? When was the last time you saw him or talked to him about Carl's disappearance? It's been, it's been three, four months since we talked about, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I go to Pine Bluff, I usually stop by and talk to Buddy and his wife. Because, you know, like I said, I've known them for a long, long time. And they kind of keep an eye, you know, check on us, see how we're doing. And I check on them, see how they're doing. Okay. Does he still manage that storage unit? He does. He does. He does. Him and his wife, (coughs) yes. All right. Okay. When, uh, since uh, 2021, have either of you uh, put uh, your DNA into the system? And when did that happen? My daughter Penny and I have put in DNA. You have? Okay. Yes. And this was uh, back in last, last summer. 2023? Yes. Okay. All right. Since then, uh, you know, I, I try to keep track of these things. It's a little tough because I've covered so many disappearances all over the United States. Um, have any re- unidentified remains popped up? I'm not saying I don't, of course, want to believe that, of course, Carl's deceased. I'm hoping he's alive out there somewhere and he's going to end up on your doorstep sometime soon. Uh, but have any unidentified remains popped up in the Pine Bluff area that have been tested? Have you heard any news like that? There has been some tested. They had found some skulls, some skeleton bones. They have. But they were they was not Carl's. No. Okay. How would you either of you, maybe Deborah, I know uh, Patricia's been doing a lot of talking, maybe Deborah being that you're from the area as well. How would you describe this area between like pennies and the overpass and this motel and everything? I mean, is there a lot of, like, woods? Is there, like, a river or anything? Or, like, if, let's just say, I, I of course, don't want this to be true, but if Carl um, had some sort of overdose and stumbled off somewhere, are there a lot of places where 
human remains could be hidden in the woods or, or something or not, you know, how would you describe that, that entire area? Um, a lot of it is like a city area, but there is ponds and there is woods out there. Mm-hmm. Because where she lives, it's just like going out of the city limits. Okay. All right. And, of course, Carl did uh, a lot of walking. He didn't have a car or anything, right? He didn't have a car. No. So where else, uh, maybe if you know, uh, where else was he prone to walk? We know about his storage unit. We know about this motel. We know about pennies. Anywhere else, anywhere else that he would frequent, I guess, that, you know, that, that might be an area that could be searched in the future. No, uh, like I said, he would just walk the streets, especially mm-hmm. at nighttime. Woody. He would mainly sleep a lot during the day, is what he told me, and he walks the streets mm-hmm. at night. Okay. All right, any sightings? Anybody that's ever come forward since then saying, I, uh, you know, I think I might have seen Carl over here on this particular day, and did they go check it out, and it wasn't anything, anything like that that occurred? No. None. What is the last two and a half years? Uh, let uh, Patricia go first. Uh, how difficult has this been, Patricia, the last two and a half years trying to figure out what happened to Carl? It's been very difficult. I've been sick. And a few times I thought I was going to die. Oh. And I've been wanting to put this to rest before right. something does happen. Right. Right. I had beat. I had beat cancer twice. Wow. I had bone cancer and I've had lung cancer. And you and beat both of them? Yes. Look at you. Well, okay. Good job there, of but course. I, I would like to to know. I would like to know. Mm. Like I said, I know Carl could get violent sometimes. And if it was an accident, you know, I, I can understand but we need to know, we need to know where he's at. Mm-hmm. All right. What kind of uh, relationship would you say that you have uh, with the Pine Buff, Bluff police at this point? Are, are they, when you call them, do, are they receptive? Do they get back to you? What kind of relationship do you have right now? My, my youngest son, Robert, he... He has, he does most of the dealing with the police. He has a good friend on the mm. police department and, and talks to him quite often. Okay. All right. So you would say that uh, Robert has a good relationship with them and when he calls them or whatever, they get back to him and, and you know, let him know if they've heard anything, for example. Right. Okay. Yes. And when I, when I call them, they tell me they haven't heard anything. They have mm. not heard anything. Okay. But as soon as they do, you know, if they find something, since our DNA is there, we would be the first to know. Right. Okay. What about Penny? She was the one who was helping uh, Carl out, giving him a place to shower. And like she said, you know, he's tried to move in there or something and try to take over. Uh, what, you know, if she's not on this interview today, what do you think uh, she thinks about all this? Maybe Deborah, maybe you have some insight into your sister Penny as to, you know, you know the, the feelings or emotions that she's expressed over the past two years? Um, she just keeps saying that he's not dead and that he's going to come back. 
She says and that. Huh. she's just not believing it. Okay. She's just thinking maybe he took off like he did before when he went to Oklahoma for a couple years, something like that, an exa- like, like, like yes. that example. Huh. Well, this, uh, I, I have to tell you, just within the last couple months, uh, we covered a disappearance where the guy, young guy, I think it was, what, 16 or 17, he went missing once, came back for a couple days, then went missing again and has remained missing, uh, unfortunately, since the late 1970s. Um, so this is kind of the second one we've done very recently where a guy went missing here for a couple years. I uh, didn't nobody knew where he was, although I don't think he was in any trouble or anything. And then he comes back, and then years later he goes missing again. Um, but how, being that uh, Penny had a lot of interaction with him, how do you think that she has handled the last uh, couple of years? Of course, she still thinks he's alive. Uh, does she have any insight of where he might be? That might be helpful. No, she doesn't. She just says she cries a lot. And she posts on Facebook about how much she misses him and how she wished he would come home. All right. Okay. And what about you, Deborah? Speak for yourself. Um, of course, uh, you know, you early on, as you stated, you got early married early on. You had your own life to lead. Maybe you have children, etc. And you're maybe hearing about some of these things going on with Carl. How has this affected you over the last, the last two and a half years? It's really been hard. Um, I've had to get on some um, nightmare medicine because I have nightmares about oh, him a lot. Oh and different different ways I think he has went. And like I said, it's really hard, but like I said, I've got no medicine. Oh my goodness. All right. So you're having bad dreams about him. You're seeing him in bad situations. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that would be bad. Maybe that might be the first time anybody's ever... You know, I've done a lot of interviews. This is uh, like disappearance, about 325 that we've featured on Unfound. Maybe the first time that somebody said they're having nightmares uh, about the missing person. Oh, maybe seeing them, something that sticks out. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Deborah. Of course, now that you, uh, as I stated early on, you two live together, I- I'm guessing that Carl's name comes up quite a bit. Talk about yes. him a lot. You know, and uh, we just, of course, got through the holiday season, and that has to be difficult as well. Yes, it is. Okay. Anybody uh, else, you know, you run into, anybody else uh, that you run into in your daily lives, going shopping or whatever, ask about Carl, uh, you still trying to maybe put flyers up, things like that? Um, You know, maybe what are you doing, like, on a monthly basis to keep his name out there? I know there have been some... I found some news stories about his disappearance online, but what about personally still posting flyers like up at grocery stores and things like that on streets, anything like that or not? No, no. Uh, like I said, we don't live in Pine Bluff anymore. Okay. So, uh, no, it just word of mouth, you know. Word we, of mouth. Yeah. Okay. When we go to Pine Bluff, we keep asking people okay. if they've heard or seen anything. Right. Okay. Do you uh, have a Facebook page or anything else set up on social media on the internet uh, set up for Carl's disappearance? Uh, Debbie does, yes. Yep. So, Deborah, why don't you tell everybody, the listeners, 
what that is so they can go uh, check that out. Why don't you tell the listeners what, what uh, Facebook page or whatever it is, why don't you just say the name of it right now? Yeah, it's Facebook, and it's um, got Carl Pope on it. Okay. What's the title of it? Uh, Missing Carl Pope. Missing Carl Pope on Facebook. All right. And I will make sure that we put... When this goes on YouTube and everywhere else, that link will be included in, in the description below for everybody. Uh, and do you manage that, Deborah, or is somebody else managing that for you, or do you control it, or what? I do. You do. Okay. Very good. Patricia and Deborah, any final words before we complete this interview? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Patricia? Yes. I don't have any questions. No, no, no uh, final statements. Anything you want to say before we complete this interview? Anything? I just hope whoever listens to this can help us. Okay. Let us know where he's at. If he's okay. If he's not, mm-hmm. let us have closure. Yeah. Deborah and Patricia, I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was my February 5th, 2024 interview with Deborah Smith, sister of Carl Pope, and Patricia Reeves, mother of Carl. I thank them both for joining me and all of you on this episode. I also thank Assistant Emily for introducing me to Deborah and Patricia. A couple hours after the interview, I also got to speak to Carl's brother, Robert. He added in some additional information to the understanding of the disappearance. I will go over those points now. Robert said, on the 28th, Carl called him using a woman named Carol's phone. Yes, Carl and Carol. Carl said he was going to the local casino. Robert took for granted that this meant Carl would have been walking there. Robert went to see Carol after the disappearance, and she seemed shocked to see him, maybe because Robert and Carl look so much alike. That is Robert's interpretation. Carol had no theory as to what happened, but she seemed to maintain that Carl went to the casino. The walk to the casino is mostly city streets. Police tried to track Carol down, but she allegedly had moved to Mississippi not long after the disappearance. Robert was the one who checked Carl's financial information. When he checked it, and this would have been in 2022, there was about $4,000 in the account. However, Robert now believes there is no money being deposited, but he admits he has not checked the account recently. Robert believes that Carl and the storage unit guy had an argument at least once before. Robert also believes that Carl most likely had no intention of paying off the storage bill the next day. And that ends the notes I took while talking to Robert the same day that I interviewed Deborah and Patricia. Obviously, the biggest point is that telephone call Carl made to Robert talking about going to the casino. 
it seems like a good lead. The problem is that it obviously didn't lead to finding Carl. And if Carl did make it to the casino, the video surely has been recorded over by now. Okay then, how should Carl's disappearance be analyzed? Well, like most of the cases like this, several people should raise our suspicions. Absolutely. And even Robert admitted that given Carl's violent tendencies, the possibility of a fight that led to his death is certainly high. Yet, we must counter that with Carl's account, and it's still having a decent amount of money in it. This is surprising, because I would think that people who would cause Carl's disappearance would also find a way to take all his cash. But maybe not. Then there is the theme for this episode. People like Carl are totally unpredictable with the choices they make. Really, anything could have happened once Carl got off the phone with his brother. And people like Carl are the most likely to be found alive. So Carl, if you're out there, all of us will be leaving the light on for you. If you'd like to hear and read more of my in-depth analysis of the disappearance of Carl Pope, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast, sign up to partake in the Unfound blog. Until then, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.